Welcome to the Bible Belt Bros Podcast. I'm here with my best bro, Andrew. What's up? I was waiting on you to say the other guy. And then uh, we have another uh, bro on the podcast, special special to us. I don't really know. His name's Jonathan. And uh, he doesn't want his last name to be, <laughs> just in case. Uh, <laughs> That's funny. Well, he, Johnny is a what? What is your title at our church now? Uh, you want the full title? Yes, lay it on us. Executive pastor of uh, creative arts and communication. It's a mouthful, isn't it? What's an executive pastor? Yeah. So I usually I just tell people I'm an executive pastor at Church That Matters. So what does that even mean? You know, I'm like an executive. Uh, <laughs> do you get dividends? <laughs> you really at, want me to explain? Do this? you get dividends at the end of the I year? I wish that'd be great. You really want me to explain it? I yes. can. Well, it's uh, so you know traditionally at a church, the executive pastor is like they're like the they handle all of like or not maybe not personally handle, but they oversee like all the the you know business side of the church. So the hiring and firing, HR stuff with staff, things like that. That doesn't mean that that church the matter. So we have an ex- the executive staff is like lead pastor, me, um, Jim. Like that's the executive staff. Um, so it's just kind of level a level of leadership type type of deal. That's all it is. Yeah. You're like an assistant to the senior pastor. Yeah, you could say that. Sure. Yeah. I'm the I'm the assistant to the assistant uh, <laughs> regional pastor of. Uh, Dunder Mifflin. <laughs> you you started as a creative. I th- I, I thought your title was creative yeah. That it was it yeah creative. that it actually just it, it so you it was creative director because um, you handle mostly the the music side yeah well, like music and you know all the the design and videography and all that kind of stuff graphic design all like jazz yeah so. It, it recently just changed, but I'm I'm doing the same thing. So, <laughs> just a different title. Just a different title. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just getting recognized for all the work that you have been doing. There you go. Recognized in a different way. Well, today Johnny is probably the most famous person I know that I would consider a friend. I'm pretty famous. He's pretty famous. That a friend? Yeah, probably. Jonathan was a rock star. Legit rock star. A world touring say was, rock star. He doesn't do it anymore. <clears throat> yeah. Still getting that check, though, baby. You know, so. <laughs> and that's really all that matters, as long as you're still getting paid. <laughs> yeah. Spotify you'd, you'd, you'd laugh at how much it is, but hey. $1.12 every, every, every is still and then you, you know, it's like a surprise. You're like, oh, cool. So get a little BMI check or something. Passive cool. income. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. He, uh, he was a musician in a band called Capital Lights. Uh, you had two albums. Yeah, two. I, I uh, listened to to both. Maybe you'll get some royalties from there you Apple go. Music. There, doubt it. But, <laughs> but uh, see, I, I listened to Refresh, and I can't tell like because I I've I loved Capital Lights, and I was really sad to see you guys um, break up. Break this up. Band. I don't I don't know. If, I'm trying to figure out. Am I just a fanboy of you, or because? <laughs> That, or that, did I, I actually like that. the band? <laughs> no, I liked the band. Like I liked when uh, Bryce rapped. 
It wasn't Bryce. So you oh, like the band? Yeah, so it see? wasn't Bryce, and it was our friend Jared. Oh, uh, rapped on one of our songs on our second album for us. You know? And that's that's why well, I think see, I was I like a fanboy because you were in a band with Jared before Capital yeah, uh-huh. Lights, and I liked that band too. So I'm like, crap! I just like everything Johnny Johnny does. But I think I realized that Capital Lights had amazing harmonies. All Bryson, you know. And and I love harmonies. I love to, to sing harmonies. I just love harmonies in general. I think it adds so much. And so it's like one of those like. Every song you could always hit the harmony part, and it was like, that's yeah, that was the the best. But We're both getting phone calls, I think, at the same I time. I know, it's so <laughs> stupid. Same Kinda people. Odd. Is that a group call? <laughs> yeah, that be that would be out of this world. <laughs> yeah, we probably have the funniest breakup story of any band because um, we, technically we didn't really break up; we just stopped touring. Because you're still best friends. We all are still best friends, and we all live in the same town uh, and talk and hang out all the time. Have a group a group text message, you know, thing. Um, so, like anytime, anytime, like you know, bands that we toured with or whatever that we still are friends with or are still in contact with. Like, there's this one band uh, called Run Kid Run that was on Tooth and Nail with us that we toured with a lot, and. They at one point, like one, like two of the guys were in St. Louis. One of the guys was in Nashville. And then another one of the guys was in like Louisville, Kentucky. Like they are so spread out. And even when they were in the band together, they all lived in different parts of the country. So it was just funny. Like we break up, but we all still live like within a mile of each other, you know, and (laughs) hang out all the time. It's like, you you can't really, I guess it's kind of weird to say that we broke up because we're, we're still all hanging out and friends. Uh, we just called it quits. You know, is that, is that the funny story? Yes. That, <laughs> okay. I didn't know it, there was anything else. No, no, no. It's not like the breakup itself <laughs> wasn't funny. funny. You know, it's just kind of, it's not what you would think. It's not what most right. people would think. You know, they think you'd have a, what is it? Creative differences. Yeah. Or, or somebody happened. got mad at somebody or, yeah. you know, something like that. And, uh, yeah, it, literally if we decided to tour again, we would just, all we would, it's not like we would have to like reconnect and, you know, it would literally, nothing would change. We would just be touring again. So, so do you guys still have jam sessions? No, not at all. That was one thing I used to, cause Johnny's band would practice at our church all the time. And so that I'd all also hear like your songs over and over and over again. Yeah. Like it's like twice a week or something like that. It's crazy. Yep. Long time, it was like 10 years ago. If you check out the album cover on the first album, people don't buy CDs anymore, so they no. probably don't even read it. But if you buy CDs, which I think I looked on Amazon Prime, you can prime it for five bucks. Nice. <laughs> I was checking on it last night. Um, I had a little shout out on there. It said, had all these thanks and the people that don't matter. And then it got to me and it was like, thanks, Dusty. And I was like, yeah, that's me. So the only person that mattered on there was you. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, this person, this person, this. Person. Okay, there's my name. I made it. I made it. I'm finally on a CD. Did cover. you make the cut for the second record though? That's the question. I don't think so. <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> we drifted apart, uh, Johnny. I don't. I don't remember who. Who? I don't think. I, I only think I put like Brittany on there, and that's it. So <laughs> you're like, this is stupid. Yeah, we have. It's literally that is that is a legit thing that the record company like they you have to like send them everybody individually has to send their their spiel so they can put it on the the album i'm still i'm surprised they even make cds anymore it's probably pretty not far off from where they just want uh you think it's the cost they'll do digital download cards things you know 
You think so. that's just the cost of it. Dude. It's really yeah, it's stupid. I mean, there's no point. It's just a waste of money. So, which some bands nowadays are releasing albums, and I think that's kind of like records. Like I mm-hmm. think that's kind of smart because like I like to play vinyl records just yeah. for fun, and so I'll buy the record, but I won't buy the CD. You know? Yeah, that and a lot of people are doing that now, where they they're. You know, they'll do the the Apple music and all that and Spotify and everything, of course, but then um they'll just get vinyl printed and they they'll they won't do the C D thing. And I think that's legitimate. And yeah, you typically you know, they'll they'll do so many vinyl and then they'll release it and I mean, from what I can tell, typically when people do that it sells out. I mean they'll sell all the vinyl that they made. Yeah. So the you know what the interesting thing is, is there's one vinyl company in the United States that makes vinyl records. Really? One. So they're always extremely backed up um, with orders. And it's like, you would think somebody would, Andrew, hey, I see, a, I see an opportunity here. Ching, 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 ching. I think a lot of people, though, think it's going to, it's like a fad, like mm-hmm. it's going to go away and then no one's going to get vinyl printed anymore. Who knows? I mean, it's it seems like it's been popular for a, a while, but you never know. So are you still, because you guys signed with Tooth and Nail, uh-huh. are you guys still technically under contract if you were to do a tour or something? You'd uh, If we were to do a record, um, I think, I'm not positive, but I think, I don't I don't think they like, because they, they can basically, they can let you go. They could void the contract basically because it's their option to pick up another record. So if we, if we decided to record another record, they don't have to put it out, but they have the option of picking it up and releasing it. So I, so I don't, I don't think they would, but yes, technically. <laughs> now I, I personally could go join another band and, and be mm-hmm. fine, but as far as Capital Lights goes, yeah. And is that forever or when does their option expire? I'm not sure. I'm not positive on that. I don't know. Maybe that's the they're trying to hold out. <laughs> yeah, right. Now, yeah, I used to know all that information, but it's been so long since I've talked about that, and and I don't know if there's like a time limit to those things or not. Um, I think there there is like a there are time limits like in between records and things like that, like of when they expect it by, and, and you know if they don't if they don't pick up the option by a certain date, then you're the you you get out of the contract and things like that, so it may be null and void by now. I don't know. Who knows? I was I was just asking. My dad was because uh, my dad and I were talking about just Christian music, Christian labels anyway, and how kind of non Christian their business practices seem to be. Uh-huh. And there's this band that my dad used to listen to called Harvest, and it was like the same time as Petra and Striper was really popular. Yeah, yeah. There's a band called Harvest, and I guess he had signed a contract that was like five albums or something like that. Well, the guy, um, after like two albums, I think was called to, he felt called to overseas full-time mission work. And so he didn't want to, didn't want to, uh, record anymore. And supposedly something to the effect where the record label got mad, like no, you owe us album. So then it ended up taking, seizing the rights to all the music and all the stuff that he had previously put out. And so like my dad had emailed this guy and was like, Hey, can I get like, piano music you know for this album like i can't find it anywhere and he responded with uh i don't own any of that stuff so like it'd be illegal for me to give that to you (laughs) kind of thing 
what was your experience when it went to Christian label in the business practices behind it? Or can you say it? Because, yeah, yeah. You know, um, you're still technically might be maybe under contract. <laughs> no, you could say anything you want. Um, yeah, tip, no, I mean, uh, when it comes to like Chris, you know, you hear, especially in the church, I don't think as much anymore. I think it's less now, but like when we were like, when we were all that age of being like in youth ministries and stuff, like, you know, you had, you had, you know, all the Christian band posters on the wall and stuff like that. And, and it, it was like, it was very much pushed that you need to listen to Christian music and that's it. Right? Well, you had the posters like, if you like Lincoln Park, check out, you know, yeah, Benjamin exactly. Gate. Yeah. Know. And that's, that's how a lot of marketing was done is like, oh, this is the Christian so-and-so, you know, um, no, as far as the industry goes, um, it, it's, it's just a business. I mean, that's all it is. There's no, there's no difference. There's no like spiritual, you know, difference between the Christian music industry and, you know, the mainstream market. There's no difference. Um, it's not like you go into a Christian label or whatever. And like they're having prayer meetings and Bible studies. I mean, it's, <laughs> it, it's just, bi- it's business. I mean, that's all it is. Do um, they have a holy huddle? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> and there, and I don't, I don't necessarily, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I don't think they should be doing those things because it is a business, but it, it get it does get a little sketchy with how it gets, how things get marketed. And, um, you know, they, they definitely know that it makes money, you know, because Christian people, you know, will still, go to concerts and they'll still buy CDs and they listen to Christian radio. They're, you know, it's a very like loyal following. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's definitely, it's a money making business. Um, and you can make more money as a band, um, believe it or not in the Christian, in the Christian industry than you can a lot of times in the mainstream market. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Um, yeah, I think cause you know, churches like, well, they'll pay a lot of money for a band that no one's really ever heard of to come and play at their, you know, big youth rally. Um, and then put you up in a hotel. Exactly. And treat you really well and feed you good. And, you know, you're going to get a big paycheck. I mean, that's a thing. Like that's what a lot of, you know, most of the bands doing that though, aren't happy because they get to the show. And like I said, no one knows who they are, Mm -hmm. you know, but they're getting paid, but it's like they're not getting to do it. They would almost be rather pl- be playing in a club, you know, where at least people who are coming to see them know who they are, want to see, you know. So it it gets a little iffy. But yeah, there's there's bands that um, that that make a lot of money um, in the Christian music industry. That, that that you could take, say, there's a band that sold a hundred thousand records in the Christian music industry. Now, for any band to do that, like that's a big deal. <laughs> selling a hundred thousand records in two thousand eighteen is like selling a million records in two thousand five. Like it's a big deal. So, but not necessarily for a Christian band. So, take a Christian band that sold that many records. Um, you know, in let's say when we were touring, so two thousand eight, right? Um, you take a Christian band that sold a hundred thousand records. Um, and you take a mainstream market band that sold a hundred thousand records, same kind of genre, same kind of music. Um, one's just in the primarily in the Christian market and one's in the mainstream market touring clubs and stuff that Christian music band, 
um, they are going to be well off. Like they're going to be making good money. That other band, they're probably all broke. You know, um, it, it's just how it works. Um, you get more money for shows. Uh, people buy more merch because there's like families coming to the shows and, you know, uh, people with, you know, they're, they're going to, they're going to, parents are going to be more apt to buy CDs for their kids and buy t-shirts because they want them to like a Christian band, you you know, all those things. Um, so yeah, they're, and if you're mercy me, you just got to write one song, release 20 different versions of it. And then you get a movie and then make a movie. Yeah. Go. Yeah. So it's uh can you imagine? <laughs> I can only I imagine. can only. <laughs> yeah, there's there's no di- I mean there are really as far as business practices and things like that, there's no difference. Um, you know, it's just like I said, it's just a business. See, I, I assume like that it would be the opposite where the Christian market, which I, I I totally understand that when you explain it, but the Christian market to me is just such a smaller market that I would feel like the al- the re- labels would be more a little more cutthroat on what they're trying to, to take from you as a band because there's not as much money out there. And then I thought that, you know, I've been a part of uh, a church where we bring in bands or we get calls like, Hey, a band's coming through town and nobody knows who they are. And, uh, and we like for 200 bucks, they'll play your youth, you know, thing tonight. And we're like, okay, cool. 200 bucks for a band to come in. And then we put them up in a hotel and, and then we usually would like drive them around Tulsa the next day and like, you know, take them out to eat like these hole in wall places and stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, to me, like two hundred bucks for a band of four people that that wasn't very good money. But like it, they didn't pay. Well, you got to think else, that same band they would have probably gotten paid maybe like maybe fifty bucks from like a club or a bar in town, right? Yeah. And there wouldn't be anybody at the show. No one would buy merch. Where if they play at a youth group, like you're gonna have all these kids buying shirts and yeah. stuff, right? Doesn't matter who they are. Um. Yeah, when when we were when we were coming up and we had labels looking at us before we signed with Tooth and Nail, we had a lot of different Christian labels, and then we we had a couple of uh, you know just mainstream market. You know, we had a a, a, a guy from Atlantic Records came, flew down from New York City, and came to one of our shows. And I remember he took us to the Olive Garden, and because uh, your family, right, and. Uh, you know, the, there was no difference in any of the pitches or anything like that between any of those labels. Um, it's all the same. It's all just business. That's all it boils down to. Anybody that makes it out to be anything else other than that, it just gets kind of sketchy. Um, and, yeah, it's it's pretty interesting. I think people who, like I said, I don't think it's as much of a big deal now than it was. I don't know if you guys disagree or, or, or not, as far as like Christian music being pushed. I don't know. Does that still happen in youth groups? I guess probably maybe in small towns and stuff it does. But I've been I, I out of youth group and right. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> for, I don't know. for a minute. Yeah. I've been out of it for a minute, <laughs> but you guys had, did you have that same experience when you were kind of coming up in youth? Oh yeah. Stuff? Like, like we had CD burning parties where we burn all our secular music, you know, and cause no. we're only going to listen. He would create towers of them. What? You, you, had, you, had, you had towers of CDs? Yeah, you would super glue all the CDs oh, on that pillar yeah, and create a tower. We've had a burning party before, too. Though, or we would glue our CDs in, like... Like, yeah, but it was... The push was, you know... And I get it. Like, like music is so influential to people. Yeah. And, uh, 
an emotional attachment and stuff like that. But yeah, there was a huge push for us, I know, in youth ministry to not yep. listen to come to trade any your CDs. Music. I don't think maybe that's as pushed as much anymore for some reason. I don't know. Like, uh, I don't know. I could be completely wrong. We should ask Scott. Maybe. I know Scott doesn't. I, I mean, I'm sure he's probably talked about music that you listen to and stuff, but I, I mean, I don't think that he says like you you have to listen to christian music don't listen to any secular music you know um i i think a lot of it just has to do with the the changing of the music industry as far as like no one buys cds anymore everything's on spotify everybody releases singles you know even like the popularity of certain genres now it's like there's really only one genre of music. Like if you turn on the radio, I mean, of course you have like country and rock and stuff. You have to seek out the, but other, as far as like yeah. the hip hop and pop and all, it's like all like morphed into this one style of music, mm-hmm. you know? So I think a lot of that has to do with it as well, but yeah. And your CDs actually didn't really fit into that normal Christian Jesus, Jesus, Jesus mold. No, I mean here on the radio. Yeah. We kind of got stuck. Um, we, we didn't want to be, a Christian band, you know, we didn't want to be the Christian band that was like touring at in churches and, you know, and, uh, we, we wanted to play in clubs and we wanted to tour, you know, like Vans Warped Tour and, and tour with, um, bands that we liked. And for whatever reason, it didn't happen that way. And we kind of got, and once you get, once you get pegged as that, as a Christian band and you're in that market, it's very hard to, to cross over and then tour in the mainstream market. And so we, we kind of got pegged in that. And so we, we wrote a record for, you know, mainstream radio for that market. Um, and so then we, we were like stuck between a rock and a hard place because our, our songs weren't Christian enough for, you know, Air like, one. yeah, like mainstream Christian radio. We got played a lot on like Christian rock radio, but as far as like Air One and K Love and all the big like you know here in Tulsa KXOJ like we didn't get played on those stations except for our Christmas song. Yeah, that's what I said. The only song I ever heard was your Christmas. Yeah, song. and it would get played during Christmas time, but we didn't have any other songs that would get played on Christian radio. And there was uh, one time we did the Tyler TS and I did a uh, youth pastor takeover for KXOJ uh-huh. and we played some uh, oh, Capital Lights. There you go. <laughs> that was the only time. There you go. Uh, Thank you for that. <laughs> so, uh, so we, we weren't Christian enough for mainstream Christian radio. And then, um, you know, we weren't in the mainstream market, so we weren't going to get on mainstream rock radio by any means. So yeah, it was kind of a catch 22. So did you like touring? Yeah. Touring was, I mean, touring was fun. It was, it was really more about traveling and being able to be in a different city every day. That was the cool part. Um, and you're with your bros, you know, you just having fun and being in a different city every day and, you know, having adventures and stuff. Um, the shows were like, yeah, okay. Yeah. We'll play a show, you know, but you got to think like you're on stage for 30 minutes. You're set up and tear down your 24 hour day. You know, (laughs) it's a, that's a very, very, very small part of touring is playing a show. Like, it's mostly driving and sleeping in a van or sleeping in a hotel or, you know, waiting, a lot of waiting around. <laughs> um, oh, that's why a lot of guys who tour it start smoking 
is because <laughs> Christian bands. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, even Christian bands. Yeah. Is because it's just, they're just bored and you're just waiting around. So it's, you start smoking and then, well, you yeah, started so. P90X or something. Right? Yeah. You got, yeah. you like lost a ton of weight. Yep. Like, and I gained it all back. <laughs> that's, uh, that's the story of yeah. everybody. I know it's, I would imagine it's probably, it's kind of the same for like military guys. Cause don't a lot of, a lot of military guys pick up like smoking and dipping habits and stuff. Cause you're just, what else are you going to do? Right. Yep. <clears throat> yeah. I smoked when I was in mm-hmm. and stopped the day I got out. It's one of those deals. Yeah. So you like, it wasn't an addiction thing. It was just a boredom thing. What else is there yep. to do? You know? Go out to the smoke hole and just wait. Do they still give uh, soldiers cigarettes? No. I didn't think they probably <laughs> did. <No. laughs> uh, do you think they should? No. No? It's a bad habit. Yeah, it is a bad habit, but it's like, you you see, you watch all those like World War II movies and stuff, and it's like the one like happy thing that they get is to like <laughs> yeah. enjoy a cigarette, you know? And when they, when they kill somebody and it's they, like, they they're all, you the know, for cigarettes before um, bullets. Have you guys watched uh, the band of brothers series or whatever? Yes. And it's yeah. like, everybody's always fighting or betting over cigarettes <laughs> and it's like life, you know? <laughs> so well, I've seen some of those where it's like, you know, they like they put those in the rations or whatever for soldiers back. Then. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so now we have all these, they have, you know, Veterans have all these health issues that come from cigarettes yeah. that the government hooked them on, you know, to begin with, and then now yeah. they're having all well, these expenses yeah. to go with it. Back in like World War Two, I mean, I don't, I don't think they knew yet oh. I mean, what what the effects of smoking and stuff for tobacco. I remember, I'll never forget my cousin John. He was in Vietnam, and uh, he got you know rations or whatever, and they were old. They were literally from World War Two ones that they were left over. And uh, he's, and they probably taste the same. And well, he's yeah, the food. And he said he he, I get it was Lucky Strikes, and he pulled out a cigarette and literally he, I mean he was obviously joking, and he's a funny guy, but he said he like lit it and it was like, because it was so dried out the tobacco that it just like burnt like that, and it's funny, but yeah, so lots of lots of boredom and waiting around and inventing, you know. Yeah, Christian Dumb games to pass the time. Christian groupies. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's one time we this, there was this one story where we played this show in somewhere in California and the band, one of the bands we were on tour with that we were on tour with was from Sacramento. And so we went to the drummer's house, his, his parents' house and we stayed there and it was Super Bowl Sunday. And so we watched the Super Bowl and it was the, that year, I think it was the Cardinals and who did they play that year? Gosh, you got me. It would have been like 2009. Not the Packers. Not the Packers, no. Shut up. Probably the Patriots. A... Well, it's in like every Super Bowl either has Patriots, uh, Steelers, or one other team. I can't remember who it was, but I know it was the Cardinals or somebody. Anyway, so um, we get a call from our manager, and he's like talking to our guitar player, Brett, or it may, it may have been Bryson. And so they get off the phone. They're like, so somebody from the show yesterday called our manager and said that, uh, John, cause John had joined the band at this point, John and Michael were staring at girls butts and giving each other high fives. <laughs> <laughs> and we were like, what? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, somebody, oops, somebody had literally complained that, um, 
that they were like staring at like girls' butts, and these were like teenage girls and like high fiving each other because like, oh yeah, look how good her butt looks, and like who does that for one? Yeah, uh, like- high fives each other. And so, and they 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 were like literally they like were really legitimately upset about it, and it was like uh, that for sure definitely was not happening. Um, so, not really what they saw, um, but yeah, a little funny story there. So, <laughs> high fiving, like look at her butt, high five. Yeah, it was just like it was the weirdest thing, uh, and it was completely true. So, <laughs> nah. Nah. Oh man. Well, any other crazy things that you can think of that happened on tour? Like to me, oh, like man. Yeah. I always that like that was kind of my dream. Like I got stuck in Tulsa. I re- I legitimately don't know how we're all still alive um, with the amount of drugs that we did. <laughs> uh, no, I I really don't know how we're still alive. We should have probably died in a car accident on multiple occasions. Um, There's this one time where I would always ride shotgun, right? And it was, we were driving through the night and I guess at some point I was, I was dreaming and I woke up and Bryson was driving and I grabbed the steering wheel because I thought we were going off the side of the road and like jerked it. (laughs) And Bryson literally had to like fight me off in his, in his sleep to keep me from like jerking us off the road. So we should have died there. Um, One time we were coming back from a show in Billings, Montana and there was a blizzard, and uh, again, I was riding shotgun, and I woke up to our van and trailer, like, doing this. So, like, you could look out the side the side window of the van and see the side of our trailer. Like, we were jackknifing it that hard oh going down the road, and Michael was, like, yelling in my, in between the front, you know, the captain's chair and, and the passenger side, like yelling at the top of his lungs, don't overcorrect, don't overcorrect. <laughs> and, and so I wake up to this. And so, I, you know, again, we should have died there. Um, You're a terrible shotgun person <laughs> to not dude. just be asleep every time. <laughs> lots of, hey, you know, lots of napping um, on tour, uh, sleep when you can. So those were those were a couple of times we we, uh, we should have died. We, we were always, we were like always trying to, you know, if we were in a city where we knew like a, a TV show that we watched or something was filmed, we would go to like all the filming locations. So obviously in LA, um, was, you know, where they filmed the office, um, the TV show, the office, which we were big fans of. And it's pretty, it's pretty interesting and unique the way they do that show because it literally is a, is like a built an office building in Van Nuys, California. And you can drive right up to the gate, which is on the, you know, the parking lot in the mm-hmm. building. Yeah. That is actually where they film the TV show. Like it's not, you know, uh, it's not like a, uh, it's not a fake parking lot. Exactly. It's like, warehouse. that's where they film it at. And it's in the middle of this like industrial park. There's like a tire shop across the street. And so, we like went up to it and we were like looking through the gate and like you could, we saw like Kevin walk out and a couple of other people walk out and one of the producers like came up to the gate and we were talking to him. Hey, we're in a band, you know, blah, blah, blah. Well then Creed comes out and he comes up and like talks to us cause he's a musician, like the real dude and like shook all of our hands and we gave him a CD and I'll never forget. Like he, he had that like old man cologne smell. <laughs> Dang like brute, you know, like expected. And it was just like, yes, this is great. So that was cool. Um, yeah, it was fun times, fun times for sure. 
So you know, one famous person has listened to your CD at least. Eh, he no, may, he may have. Who no knows? guarantee that he actually. No guarantees. To it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we'll never know, I guess. But that was cool. So that's probably. I'm trying to. Th- I'm trying to think of any other crazy stories. Um, lots of pranks. You know, pulling pranks and stuff. Uh, You know when you like you go to church camp and like all the guys are in the same cabin and like it's just constant like, you know, mm-hmm. uh ball jokes and, you know, fart jokes y- and Yeah, just being being one person's always naked running yeah, around. Yeah, just being dudes. <laughs> That's kind of like what tour is. I mean, honestly, is just So who is the naked one? Oh, me for sure. <laughs> yeah. Some I've been a part of those shows. Somewhere <laughs> floating around say floating around on Brett's hard drives <laughs> is a nude photo of me in a hotel room <laughs> uh, from behind. Uh, so it's like one of those like looking over your shoulder type of deals. And he, I'm not joking. He took it with his camera and, and he literally like spent like an hour or two editing it and like made it black and white. And, like, it was pretty classy. He, like, stared at your butt for like, an yeah, hour. pretty, pretty, you know, uh, Pretty classy, and uh, so that's on his computer somewhere. So I mean, I could be blackmailed with that one day. You know, ISIS probably has it now or something. You know, <laughs> like somebody's hacked his computer, and uh, so I can never run for president. Yeah. <laughs> or can you? <laughs> yeah, that's, the... that's that's true. Yeah, <laughs> I could get away with it. Yeah, that's the worst thing I've done. It's not too bad. <laughs> that's that's kind of touring in a nutshell. It's like it's like being on being at church camp. Without all the, you know, churchy stuff. Uh, yeah. <laughs> being, being in a Christian band is like church camp without the churchy stuff. <laughs> yeah, well, in a band in general. <laughs> yeah, minus the uh, excessive drug use and stuff. So. <laughs> well, thanks for being on the show, yeah. Johnny. Thanks Glad for, you got to see me again. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Appreciate it. It's been great. It's been fun. I would... I would promote my own podcast but we haven't we haven't recorded anything in over a year so yeah i know that's kind of like your band you guys just is like yep yep so we're done that's generally the way i like to do things (laughs) just kind of slip away into the darkness you know it's funny because we did our hundredth podcast episode made like a big deal about it and we're like you know hey we're going to be cutting back a little bit probably releasing like an episode every two weeks (laughs) We never did anything again. So it's just, it's so funny. I, I laugh about that all the time. That We were like stressing so much. Like, yeah, you know, we're going to cut back a little bit. You know, probably do it. You know, we're still going to be putting out episodes, but probably like once every couple of weeks. And then nothing. Well, we're doing shorter ep- episodes and that kind of helps us as far as uh, us. Because your episodes are like an hour and a half long that you guys are trying yeah. to record. Uh-huh. And so that's like... That is a lot of content to try to talk about, and you're releasing them every week, and so, gosh, I just... It goes by fast, though. I mean, I don't know. I like to listen to longer podcasts. Um, Like, one of my favorites is Joe Rogan, and his are, like, on average three hours long. It it, it kind of just depends on when you can listen to podcasts. Like, like I feel like ours is more like travel time to and from work, Mm -hmm. and so... You know, thinking about 20, 30 minute commutes. And we just have seen an increase of plays, you know, for us 
on our shorter doing the episode. shorter words. Yeah, I generally think you have two two groups of people. You have the people that like the the more content, longer podcasts, and then you like the, you have the people that they prefer. It's like half an hour. Like that's I don't want to listen to anything longer than that. You know. Well, for us, we don't have very much content. <laughs> we, don't, we don't. We just. You're not doing like a weekly. We don't, we just hit the surface on issues. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> just graze it. You yeah. know. We don't have yeah. the solutions. We just say the problems that are in. We're going just going to state the problem and complain about it. <laughs> then we're moving on. <laughs> exactly. That is yeah. what. <laughs> My philosophy is anyway. Welcome to Bubble Bob Bros yeah. yeah You fit right in yeah. Well thanks for being on here Thanks yeah. for tuning in guys uh, We'll catch you Some other time See you later